Against All Odds is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It has great odds and markets for MLB, NFL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook because it's easy to use, because it's safe and secure, and because you get your winnings fast now. Winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours, and it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. Discover the most popular same-game parlays each day, right when you log in. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code against a lot so they know I sent you. Take it away, Mighty Mighty Boston's. Against All Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Friday morning. Yes, good Friday. We have spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knobs. Babyface Joel Solomon is producing this mess and joining me as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's going on, buddy? Well, we have Harry's big birthday weekend. Yes, July 16th. Yeah. That's tomorrow, right, Harry? Unbelievable. Correct, 51 years old. You made it. We joked about this. We said that's a very long time from someone from Oswego. Mm. And then he got mm. mad at me. Uh, and uh, and I like named five people who have survived to 51. You couldn't do it, right? Couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, all right, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of Oswego, we have Linda Cohn on next week, uh, an Oswego grad. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Harry's, I mean, I'm going to be embarrassed. You you guys are lucky, Parley Kid, Brother Brian. You don't have to jump on. Harry insisted on being on. I might just let you take it yourself. I mean, I, I like Linda a lot, but for God's sakes, you're, what are you going to add? You're going to be crazy with uh, the Oswego the, thing. The Daughtry thing the other day. You cannot, yeah, you cannot bring up Daughtry to her. Do not bring up I think Daughtry. I can. Because <laughs> what was she doing? She was playing. Explain what she going was on here. She, she yeah. a couple of days. She was covering uh, um, for uh, uh, Chris Russo on the Mad Dog show. Yeah. And his show, and and she does a lot of covering for him when when he's out. Um, uh-huh. And she was coming back from break, and she was cranking Daughtry. Oh and my I'm god! Like wow, because I was listening to, uh, while I was driving around running Ken's errands, and. Uh. Um, and uh, she's cranking Daughtry and saying how much she loves him, how much he got screwed in American Idol when he finished fourth, when he should have <laughs> won. Uh, she she met him before and she said he's great and she can't wait to start go, start going to more of his concerts, which is she was just being tremendous. ironic, Harry. She was being ironic. Come oh, on. she Come loves on. Can't him. Can't you tell? Yeah. This is gonna, anyway, like, this it's going to be great when Harry and Linda Cohn are going to a Daughtry concert together. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> oh, that's the goal. That's it. <laughs> Maybe that's your birthday present. Uh, I don't know. And I don't know. Maybe that's her community service. I will have to figure it out. I don't know how it works. Uh, but anyway, July 6th, that's your birthday tomorrow. I know. Are you? Do you know who else, who you share this birthday with, Harry? Yeah. Um, me I mean, everybody and knows on the exact same day, July 16th, 1971, me and uh, Corey Feldman. Exact same day. Okay. And right. also, and also, <laughs> Darren, Darren, XNL MVP, Terry Pendleton. I didn't even see that one. I looked for that. I uh, well, the ones I picked out, maybe even more pop famous than those two. Will Ferrell. Uh, <laughs> you ever heard of him? He has July 16th and Phoebe Cates, which is interesting because all three of you were famous for being topless at one point. But so uh, that's a good, good class to be in. Hey. Grant Hill is on. Grant Hill. We have awesome. Grant Hill coming up in a few minutes. One of the biggest guests we've had, right? Hall of Famer. 
That's great. One of the great athletes. Who have we had? I'm, I'm trying to think who's been. We've had, we've had like Oscar De La Hoya, George Foreman, Lenny Dykstra, Joey Chestnut, Paul the Dutch Moot co-horse the other day, and now Grand Hill. And Harry's very excited to ask him a question, right? Yeah, but, you know, Grant Hill, Grant Hill, yeah, but Linda Cohn. Linda Cohn. <laughs> All right. All right. Take it easy. What if Grant Hill loves Daughtry just as much? You never know. So we're going to make this a quick podcast, and we'll do Grant Hill's interview, and then we'll come back. Uh, the Parlay Kid, you know, we have this uh, little campaign going, summer school at the Parlay Kid, where you could write in at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. That's CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. Yes, the calendar says July, but school is always in session. Parlay Kid, an educator of 30-plus years now, is uh, is up to answer any question you have if you email it right there, CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. But for now, yes, this baseball season, turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers could step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. FanDuel, great promotions every day. Safe and secure app. You get paid fast. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code against all odds to get started with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Yeah, I did it. I won. uh, I don't know. What do I do? I give out like two same game parlays on FanDuel a week. I won on Monday. It was Mets Braves. I bet everything under. I bet the pitchers to dominate. Pretty much nailed that. And I have another one right there today. Go to FanDuel.com slash against all odds. There you go. No sweat. First bet up to $1,000. All right, let's take a quick break. And then I think, I think we'll be back with Grant Hill. All right, let's bring in our guest. His basketball journey took him from Duke to Detroit and from Dream Team 2 to the Basketball Hall of Fame and now to this stupid podcast right now. His new book, Game, that's his autobiography, which is available now everywhere where books are sold. Seven-time All-Star, more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, three-time recipient of the NBA Sportsmanship Award. Grant Hill, thanks for being here. Hey, Sal. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Congrats on the book. There's like a, there's a lot of great stuff in it, insight and stories. And let me ask you, going into it, was there anything you included that you thought maybe Coach K or some of your former teammates might be upset by, aside from the Oliver Miller stuff? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's always that, you know, that fine line, you know, or, or that, that notion that what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. Yeah. And, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're kind of betraying it a little bit with some of the, you know, the things that you write about. But, you know, for me, it was about my story and my perspective and what I experienced. And um, in, in terms of teammates, no, I wasn't, wasn't uh, uncomfortable. I, you know, there was a little bit my junior year, my third year at Duke. Um, I, I, you know, a lot went on that year and, and, uh, you know, I, I got into a little bit of, you know, the relationship with coach at that time and what I was thinking, uh, and it wasn't all, you know, it wasn't all positive, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, people look back on those teams and I think, you know, I think that everything was smooth sailing and perfect and, you know, it wasn't always all rainbows and lollipops. And, um, and so, you know, getting into some of that stuff as I'm trying to internalize and navigate things. And so I was maybe a little worried about, co- you know, how, how coach would take it, how other people would take it. But, you know, I felt like it was important to show, you know, the good and the bad and, mm-hmm. and what you have and, 
Uh, and I think that's normal. I think most player coach relationships is not always going to be easy. There's going to be tense moments. And so capturing that, sharing that, um, I thought was important, but also was a little bit nerve wracking. Sure. Did you run anything by coach K or have you had feedback from him? Did you give him an advanced copy on, of the book? Um, you know, I, I sent a, a copy, uh, back in, in January, uh, looking for a blur. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Maybe you know, that's the blurb like, right now. Is he calling? Maybe he's phoning it in. Uh -huh. You know, I sent him a copy of, of the book. Uh, I was a little nervous. He did return with a blurb. I'm not sure he read it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but he gave me a nice blurb. Um, but, I, but I think he understands, like he understands mm. um, what that is. And I was very complimentary of him and spoke very highly of him. But, mm. you know, there were tense moments that I felt it was important to be authentic for, for the reader. Yeah. You know, it would have been funny. I know you would have never done this, but if you completely trashed him in the book and then gave him and still asked for a blurb and he would just gave a glowing endorsement of the book. That's uh, maybe for the second time. Uh, that's something <laughs> to think about. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, your career is, is, is you tell a great story all through the whole journey. You had like five different colleges on your list and you almost, your dad wanted you to play for Carolina, right? Oh um, yeah. I mean, my dad, you know, was a Carolina fan. Right. And, um, and, and long before I was, you know, introduced to basketball. And so as, you know, the recruiting process started and Carolina became interested, mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I think he was probably leaning towards Carolina. And then my mom uh, was a Georgetown fan. So we had season tickets and she and I, you know, my dad traveled a lot. So she and I would go to all the Georgetown games during those, you know, electrifying years with Patrick Ewing sure. and so on and so forth. So, uh, so Duke wasn't really on our radar until, you know, as I, you know, maybe my sophomore, junior year in high school. And the more I interacted and engaged with Coach K, uh, the more it became apparent that this, you know, this was a place that uh, I, you know, I'd want to be and, and play for a coach who I'd want to play for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also Chapel, if you had gone to Chapel Hill, it's in your name for crying out loud. You could have convinced people that, your great grandfather's name was Chapel Hill and uh, this, you, know, you get a free ride or something, but uh, you did choose Duke and you talk about some of the, um, you know, it wasn't all smooth. Sa it was smooth sailing for me because I, I got to have to admit, I have a gambling problem and Harry could attest to this. I would bet Duke anytime you guys stepped on the floor and thank you so much for, um, you know, I would have had to drop out of college. I think if not for you guys and, and your success, <laughs> <laughs> but you do talk about like it wasn't all, you know, Skittles and rainbows. As you say, there were some practices where Christian Leitner was very tough on Bobby Hurley and it boiled over. I think Bobby drilled him in the face with the ball at practice. Did, were there any punches ever thrown or was that the extent of uh, a lot of the antagonism? Yeah. I mean, look, I, we were young, we were teenagers. Um, you know, it was a time where, you know, before social media and technology. So, yeah, we, we did foolish things. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot is made between Christian and Bobby. But, you know, we we got in fights. We had all types of things happen. Um, and, and that was, you know, whether in practice, on the court, in the locker room. <laughs> I, I think I talked about in the book, my, my first a ACC game was on the road against Virginia. Mm -hmm. And the night before, we're in, you know, we're in somebody's room fighting, like taking turns, like, like fighting each other and uh, not throwing punches, but wrestling and all of that. And, uh, and then we ended up, you know, proceeded to get, you know, get, get blown out by Virginia uh, that, you know, the next day. 
so, you know, we were young and, 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 you know, back at a time, I guess, where, you know, you could be young um, and sure. do things on and off the court, like young people, can, you, you can't do that now with, you know, with everyone watching, but, um, but in spite of all that, we were able to, to have great success, but yeah, there, there were punches and things that occurred, um, from multiple people throughout my four years uh, at Duke. Yeah, it's interesting because you talk about the benefits of before social media. You could be kids. A lot of this stuff wouldn't have been found out. But obviously, there's there's a benefit to today being a college athlete. The NIL money. Who would have who would have brought in the most NIL money out of you guys uh, back in the day? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think Leitner would have done well. I think I think Shaquille O'Neal probably would have done well. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know, although you didn't quite see his personality um, That's you know, true. until he really went to the NBA. But, you know, with social media, you probably would have seen it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, you know, people may not quite remember how dominant and, um, you know, how incredibly talented mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, if you think of the modern era since, you know, 1980, I'm not sure there's a, a college basketball player who has had the career he's had. And uh, I put that up there against anybody. And so, um, yeah. so yeah, he was, he was pretty likable then. Yeah, absolutely. Now this is the stuff I love. We talk about in the book. There was a great story detailing, um, a time you accidentally deleted a 10 page paper the night before leaving for a game. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So it was crazy. So it was, you know, it was early December, I think. And we, I, I, yeah, I, can't, I guess it was early in the year, early December, maybe before finals for the first semester of my, my freshman year. And uh, I had a paper due uh, the next day. So I'm working on the paper and I'm using a friend's computer and, you know, I'm, I'm at the end and, you know, I, I'm kind of typing it as I go. I have a, you know, a bunch of notes that, are kind of all assembled. So I had you know, a little bit of a rough draft to the paper, but um, so I spent kind of all evening on it and, and got to, you know, got to maybe, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Um, and at that point, the next day we had a game, but the game was on the road. It was the ACC Big East Challenge. We were playing Georgetown uh, at Georgetown, the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And we were going to fly up that morning, go to a hotel for, you know, for a few hours and then actually go to the game. And so anyway, one o'clock, I'm done. And I'm not sure exactly what I did, but I ended up deleting uh, <laughs> the entire paper. So uh, I, I remember I had to go to another person's room because the person I was in, they, they were like, they wanted to go to sleep. So I went to another person's room, finished the paper, turned it in, like literally got dressed and, and <laughs> went to the bus and pulled an all-nighter. And so, you know, you're trying to sleep on the airplane, you know, you, 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 you know, I'm a freshman, so we don't sit in first class. So we sit in coach. Right. Uh, so it's hard for me at six, eight to get comfortable to sleep. And then we get to the you know hotel, we got meetings and walk through. And so anyway, I go out in the game and I'm like, I'm just sleepwalking. Like I, <laughs> I am exhausted. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that's, that's part of being a freshman and, and learning, you know, how to manage your time correctly, yeah. get your, but also learn how to, you know, save your paper and your work as you go. Right. Well, I guess uh, being a freshman makes it a little bit different. But honestly, if if you decide you're not turning that paper, and what what happens to Grand Hill? What what are the next 
what's the next year? Yeah, right? no, well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you get, you know, you, you get graded, uh, you know, you get graded. <laughs> you, you yeah. know, it was, um, you know, Duke was challenging and, and Duke wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not only did we get, you know, pushed and, and, and challenged and held accountable on the basketball court, but also in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, if, you know, professors tried to, to, to be flexible, particularly during the playoff or not the playoff, but during the, the postseason and the tournament. Um, but, you know, there was an expectation as mm-hmm. a student athlete, you get your work done. So there were no, no gut courses, if you will. During that time. Gotcha. Now you might be, or the, uh, the first athlete I know that's admitted or um, come out with a story that you've slept at coach K's house. Um, what was that like? You had broken your nose right over winter break. And uh, how strange was that? Were you snooping around? Did you find anything good? Is he a big snorer? What could you tell us? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't remember him sleeping. Um, <laughs> I, I broke my nose. So that Virginia game, that game that we lost and we were fighting beforehand, we, we bust back. Yeah. We had practice as soon as we got back to Cameron and I broke my nose in that practice and the dorms were closed. Uh, so freshmen, you know, were staying in a hotel, but I needed like around the clock attention. So I stayed at coach K's house mm-hmm. and I had all this packing in my nose and I couldn't sleep. So one night I got up at like two, three in the morning and go down to the kitchen. And I, you know, one thing I learned was that he was a big ice cream eater. So he had all this Haagen-Dazs ice cream in his freezer. Mm-hmm. So I went down at like 3 a.m. to get some ice cream. And he's there like in the family room right off the kitchen. He's in there watching film. Wow. And, and I'm talking like real to real film. Like, you know, where you can't stop it. You know, you, you go forward and reverse. Yeah. You know, there's no pause button. And, and at that point, I didn't know, like, I didn't realize that coaches watch tape. Like I, I was sort of oblivious to all of that. And I got a great appreciation those days for just how hard he worked when he, you know, went to practice and was there and at the arena and in office, that was one thing. But when he came home, he put a lot of time in watching film. And so uh, yeah. his career he was notorious for watching, you know, a game might be two hours long. He might take four or five hours to watch a game. I have to say that would have scared me. That would have, uh, that would have, I I don't know if I would have gone for the ice cream and I'm a big fat guy. I would have been like, you know what? This is intimidating. I'm going back to bed. (laughs) I can't can't be eating. uh, I can't be eating uh, chunky monkey ice cream. Although you said it was Haagen-Dazs right in front of coach while he's uh, breaking down X's and O's, (laughs) but you enjoyed the ice cream nonetheless. Yeah. (laughs) Haagen-Dazs vanilla ice cream. That's what I like. So hey, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was, you know, it's not a bad place to be to recover. <laughs> right. Absolutely. What was your most gratifying win? Was it the upset again? I think you were 10 point underdog against uh, UNLV that first time and you won the national championship. Was that the game? It was like, that's, that's it. Did that click with you hardest? Yeah. I mean, I think just that was a pivotal moment for, um, you know, I guess for me personally, but for, for the program, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people thought, you know, I think when I arrived on campus, people thought, or wonder if Coach K could win the big one. And they had lost to Vegas the year before. Um, you know, they had been to four Final Fours in five years and couldn't win. Mm-hmm. So people were questioning whether that could happen. And then to lose like they did in 1990, come back, play virtually the same team um, who was undefeated all year, yeah. and to beat them, and then to beat Kansas two nights later and win that championship, like, to me, like the seal was broken and, um, you know, we became, you know, a powerhouse program at that moment. And, uh, it really, 
catapulted us, I think, to a whole nother, you know, a whole nother realm. And um, Coach K didn't look back from there. Not, you know, not only when I was there, but, you know, for, for, the, for the next 25 years, uh, he, he went on to become an icon. But I, I thought that was a real uh, important moment in the history of, of Duke basketball and, and, and Coach K's legacy. Yeah, that, that was a turning point for sure. And that Kansas game, just in case you, you want to know, you were favored by four and you guys won by seven. And you and you and Christian Leitner, I think Leitner had hit like 11 out of 12 free throws in the last two and a half minutes to, to cinch that up. But uh, great times for me. Uh, gambling wise. I do want to now Harry has a question for you. And now this could go uh, many different ways. We've had success with this and uh, it's been a failure as well, but Harry, okay. Ask uh, Mr. All right, hey, question. Grant, go big ahead. fan yeah. here, degenerate gambler also, just like cousin Sal here. And we're Cal Sal and I college buddies. We grew up in big East country, but he's not lying. Like he would have to bail him out. You guys bailed him out. The Duke blue devils bailed him out plenty. And you know, that was like 30 yeah. years ago. And speaking of 30 years ago, 30 years ago was that pass against Kentucky by you to win it, to create Christian Leitner. Um, the, the, Do you remember the, that, Grant? Do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> the, iconic, <laughs> the, the degree of difficulty on that pass was off the charts, and it made me think, Grant, like, well, is that the greatest pass in sports history? I mean, you got Big Ben's pass to, in the Super Bowl to Santonio Holmes. You got Stafford to cup last year to win the NFC Championship. Derek Jeter's even flipped to Posada, even though it was like three feet. It was an incredible play to get Giambi at Oakland in Oakland in the playoffs in 2001. But is your pass the greatest pass in sports history? You think this is actually not a terrible question. I'm excited for your answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never thought of it that I way. I mean, forget about the um, shot. by I mean, late. You know, I, about the I, pass? Well, I've always felt like that was an iconic moment in, in college basketball history, but you know, and, and, you know, in, in the grand scheme of all the sports, um, yeah. Why not? Yeah, it was the <laughs> right. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you know what? Hey, that's I mean, what I said. It is the. You know, what were you I mean, thinking was, before you passed? I mean, it? I think, before I think you actually, mean, what do you? I mean, you. I mean, what are you thinking? Oh, Leitner only, or what am I doing here? So when we left the huddle, there was a real sense of confidence that we would find a way. And when I went out there, uh, and they didn't, I realized they weren't putting anybody on the ball. Like now, I was like, I, you know, I felt like, okay, now it's easy. Like I can just easily throw the ball and deliver it where it's supposed to be. Uh -huh. I'm going to do my part. That's what I was thinking. And uh, I hope the big fella can catch it and do his part. And, um, you know, it, it worked. But, you know, as I always say, you can't make the shot if you don't get the pass. Yeah. So. I swear Sal had Duke <laughs> Moneyline that game, right, is... Sal? You had to have Duke Moneyline. I did. I did. I, I had no, I had you giving nine to Kentucky. So the spread was already shot, but I think I had you just to win the game. I mean, it was phenomenal, but I do wonder, yeah, the pass is underrated. I feel because a lot of people talk about the shot and the fact that he dribbled and turned around. I wonder if that was discussed in the huddle or if that was just, I mean, he had like, what do you have? 1.8. I mean, to just to, to know that he had that much time to get it off. And it, the, I mean, it was, everything was perfect about it. Right. I'm still amazed at, at what Christian did. I mean, he went up, he caught it. He he took a dribble mm -hmm. and, and kind of used that dribble to give him a little bit of a, of a rhythm yeah. and, and getting, you know, getting into a shot, but to have the presence of mind to do that, you know, and, you know, and, and to, you know, understand, have the awareness of the clock and still, you know, catch, gather, dribble, get into a shot. Um, you know, it, it was incredible. It was a remarkable. And I don't know when he when he put the dribble, when he dribbled. I was like, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> right. Uh, um, and, uh, he he delivered like he always did, and uh, one of the great, great moments in, in 
uh, in college. Basketball. You know what I think happened? I think before the pass, you took a deep breath and you looked all the way down court and you said, all right, what do I have to do to make Thomas Hill cry in front of right. millions of people? Because that would be funny. <laughs> he was a disaster. Oh, the hand behind the head's crying. What a what a visual that we'll never forget, right? Yeah, no, I mean it, it just I think it captured captured the feeling, the emotion, and you know, there were tears of joy and tears of pain on both sides. But we really one of I think I think that that kind of just you know, just kind of you know, embodied what the tournament is all about, those type of moments. Right. Exactly. All right. So then you go to the pros. And so first of all, four years at Duke, which now seems insane, right? It seems like 25 years with the, with the I mean, it's not even four times as long as some, it's almost eight times as long. Some of these guys are playing half a year and then going uh, to the pros. But anyway, uh, it helped because you had a great rookie season. You sure you shared the award with Jason Kidd, right? Tied for rookie of the yes. year. Um, mm -hmm. should you have played one-on-one -on -one for that award? I mean, I, I think they should have yes. broken that tie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I demand a recount. And would you have won if you played one-on-one? -on -one? Yes. Okay. I think so. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love it. So then, uh, Detroit, Orlando, Phoenix, and then the Clippers, was there a stop during your career you enjoyed most? Well, they all were different and uh, unique in a way. I mean, Detroit, was one of my best years. I was young. Um, Orlando had, you know, incredible injuries and setbacks. So I never really could get it going. And then Phoenix, you know, it was a little bit of a rebirth. Uh, I was healthy. I was older, was in a different role. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, I think, I think probably Phoenix. I mean, I just think, you know, you're young in Detroit and, you know, you just, you don't appreciate what you have. And, and then you go through Orlando and that situation and it gets bad and, and somewhat toxic. And so to now, you know, be healthy again, mm -hmm. just really get like a second, third, fourth chance. Um, I needed Phoenix. I needed to be in that environment and end up my career out there playing and being healthy and being in a good environment. Right. Um, you've said this before, 96 Olympic team beats the 92 team. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course you play to win. So yeah, I think, I think we could, be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we actually, I was with the college group in 92 that beat the original. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right. Wow. So my logic is the 96 team was better than that college team. So gotcha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there must've been fun stories about the late night card games though, for those dream teams, right? Of Charles Barkley. Um, <laughs> did you just let the shenanigans play out? in front of you and hope that no one got in trouble? Yeah, we, we were actually, you know, I remember Chris Weber, myself, uh, Alan Houston, we were up one night watching him play cards, Magic, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and mm -hmm. more cash on the table than I had ever seen in my life. So, um, and it was cool because we were all as college guys, like right on the verge a year or two away from being in the NBA ourselves. And to spend it with those those legends was was something else. Right. Uh, now a couple more things. I know you're happily married over 20 years. You talk about your wife in the book. Did, did you know Jada Pinkett Smith said you were the first boyfriend she bought home for the holidays? <laughs> uh, no, I was not aware of that. You didn't know that. She actually did say that. Do you think if things had gone differently, it would have been you who slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars? No, man, look, I, I um, I'll say this. Okay. I, um, out of respect for everybody involved, um, prior and previous relationships, I never kind of unpacked in the book. Gotcha. And, uh, okay. 
So, um, and there were, you know, there were a few, so, you know, um, but not, nah, I mean, I just, I hope the best for, for them and, you know, I hope they can work through that, right. whatever happened. I'll take that as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, players coming out, did anyone impress you? <laughs> anyone impress you in the summer league or coming out of this draft or, uh, have you, have you pressed pause on, uh, all basketball things for the last few weeks? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I think uh, I was out in Vegas at Summer League earlier this week. Nice. And uh, I like Paulo Bancaro. I like Chet Holmgren, uh, even Jabari Smith. I mean, those three certainly separated themselves from the pack. Um, I like uh, A.J. Griffin, who we drafted in Atlanta mm-hmm. from Duke. So Summer League's always fun. You get a chance to see the stars of the future. And um, there was some good talent, and good basketball out there. So it was fun to be a part of. What do you do? Because this is a pet peeve of mine. Um, we saw... A- I think 56% of the playoff games ended up double digit margin at the end. And I, I don't think that's good for the game. And a lot of it, I think comes down to the variance in the three point shooting, right? Uh, Typically the team that lost by 12 or 15 more was 10 for 37 from three. Do you want to leave the, what, what's the answer is the answer. Who cares? It'll, it'll write itself, uh, move the three point line back or just uh, any combination of those two. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it, it really did seem like it came down to whoever got hot from the three-point line. Right. And um, and, then, and then having, you know, blowouts. I mean, these were, you know, the margin of victory was was was, was pretty pretty incredible. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, the, the game has evolved and three-point shooting is is more more part of the game now. Mm. It's more of a novelty years ago and, and now it's a strategy that's used um, and, and, and emphasized uh, from every team. Moving the three-point line back is something. I, I even had a crazy idea that you know I hadn't fully unpacked. But how about you remove the three-point line? What would happen if you took the three-point line out? Hmm. And um, I, look, I'm not saying that's the answer, um, but I, I do think you have. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to be able to sort of unpack and look in and try to figure out how we can keep these games and make these games more competitive. But I think a lot of it is is riding on 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 you know, whether a team can get hot and uh, mm-hmm. the team gets hot and nine times out of 10, it was a blowout. And, uh, and those aren't necessarily always the best games to watch. No. Yeah. Not good at all. I agree. Uh, we could blame Steph Curry for being so damn good at it. And every 12 year old <laughs> trying to emulate him, right. Instead of yeah, watching yeah. Grant Hill tape, that's what they should be doing uh, at this yeah. point. Uh, I will say, uh, I, I met your dad. I mentioned uh, your dad earlier. I met him. Uh, obviously, I'm a big Cowboys fan. Uh, he was mm-hmm. a star running back. You, I'm sure, grew up loving the Cowboys. He was very nice to me. I, I was able to go on the field a few times, and he was like the ambassador of Jerry World right there. So I know he <laughs> loves it. But um, growing up, I, I, I feel like you, you rooted for you rooted for the Cowboys. Obviously, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, I did. A hated team. I mean, loved by their fans, but universally hated by everybody else. Same thing with Duke. A- after a while, were you like, I, I got to get on a team. I, I got to get traded to like to the magic or something where people are kind of like <laughs> neutral. Did that bother you at all? That a lot of times the teams you root for, the teams you played for were the villains? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't fully aware of of, of just how intense that, that hatred was at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I think... I always felt like, look, they only hate when you're good, you know, and and so keep it up. Uh, yeah. The Cowboys had a period of time where they were really dominant, um, and um, you know, like like the Yankees and like you know other sports franchises, and, and Duke 
uh, has certainly become that is in that conversation. I think some of that and some of why people feel that way is just because they've been so successful. Yeah. Well, you did it all. And it's all in this book. It's called Game Autobiography, available now, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you could buy books. Thanks so much, Grand Hill, for coming. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Hey, I appreciate you, Sal and Harry. Thanks both, both for having me. All right. T take care, bud. All right. That was fun. Harry asked a question. Wasn't embarrassing, Parlay Kid? Grand Hill? I mean, a, a legend, right? Hall of Famer. I'm trying to think what other Hall of Fame. Who else have we had, babyface? Brett Favre? Oh, Jason Terry. Brett Favre. Jason Terry's good. Brett Favre. Uh, Alan Fanica. The, bo the, bo the boxer that we had. Uh, um, well, the De we had De La Hoya. De La Hoya, right? Right. Oh, yeah, I mentioned him. Great. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Grand Hill. Good job. Nice fella. Uh, let's do it. You guys, Sharp Tank. Picks for the weekend. Each give me one. I'm going to jump on one of these. I'm trying to figure out. I, I, the, the, but the brothers, Parley Kid, Brother Bry, the, the UFC has not been kind, right, to you? You want to start us off, Parley Kid? Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I'm going to be going UFC. It hasn't <laughs> been kind. I was on a really nice UFC run for a few months. Uh, my last three have uh, not been good. Uh, but I'm yeah. going to stick with the, the cards here on Long Island this week at the uh, – at the right. UBS uh, arena where uh, our uh, New York Islanders play. Um, so uh, I'm going to be going with Brian Ortega, Sal, uh, in the main event uh, mm -hmm. over Yair Rodriguez. Good fight. This is a, a pretty entertaining fight. Uh, I'm taking, I'm using the double chance here on Vandal. Uh, oh. Okay. So double chance. Uh, the last time I went with double chance, I think the last two times I've hit, so I'm going back uh -huh. with that. I'm increasing my odds. I'm not getting great odds, but I'm, I'm increasing them. It's minus 120 for Ortega to win by submission Ooh. or by points. Okay, so it's basically it's Ortega to win in any fa almost any fashion with the exception of uh, a TKO or KO. Six right. out of his last seven wins uh, have not resulted in a win by points. They've either been by submission or TKO. I just think uh, with Rodriguez's fighting style, uh, I don't think he's going to want to stand in there the whole fight and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. So I mm -hmm. think he's going to try to take him to the mat. And uh, I think submission is the most likely route. Uh, worst case, I think he wins by points. This is minus 120. All Ortega, right. Sal, he's very good. He, he's, he gave Volkanovski, uh, who we saw is just a machine, uh, a, a pretty good go of it. Uh, uh, his last time out, or one of his last few times out, uh, and almost submitted him at one point. So that's what I'm rolling the dice on here. Minus All 120, right. double chance, Ortega. Interesting. We've we've seen a double chance before. Usually you go points or knockout, but this guy's such yeah. a submission specialist. You got to go points or uh, submission. All right, uh, Brother Bry, what's your sharp thing? Yeah, I really, I, I like Darren's pick there. I actually, I, I really like that fight. I think it's an awesome fight. Two different types of styles. I think yep. it's really good. Um, I'm going to stick, you know, UFC 2 main card. Uh, I too have struggled a little bit in the UFC recently uh, after starting off this year pretty well, but I'm going to go with Lauren Murphy plus 250 by decision against Misha Tate. So Lauren Murphy is just a much tougher fighter. 
currently ranked third at flyweight. She's only been stopped once in her career, and that was her last fight against Valentina, so you can't really judge that. And, and that was like in the fourth round. This is a three-round fight. Her striking is going to be better in this fight. Murphy, she's kind of a, she's very scrappy. She's going to come forward. She's going to push the pace on Misha. If she can avoid Misha's takedowns, she's going to win this fight. And now Tate, she didn't look great in her last fight. Now she's coming down. She was fighting a bantamweight. She has to drop 10 pounds for the first time in forever uh, for this fight. And she's only fought twice in the last six years. So she might struggle to make weight. And, you know, this is one of those fights where if she loses this fight, it could that could be it for her. And like I said, mm-hmm. she, didn't, she didn't look great in her last fight. Um, so I think Murphy's going to be motivated coming off a loss against uh, Valentina. So I, I just really like the odds. I plus I thought plus two fifty. I think this fight's definitely going decision either way. So whoever you like, I like the decision. Yeah, I like it. Um, but plus two fifty, I thought was good odds. All right, there you go. All right, Harry. Now what is this? This is soccer. MLS? Major League Soccer on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. I don't know okay. what kind All of right. ramp Major up League do you Soccer on for? Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to take the San Jose Earthquakes. And the Houston Dynamo to go over two and a half goals at minus one fifty six. Now look, the last three out of four times I've had a soccer selection on my extra points video pick of the day, they have won. So I'm, I've hit three of my last four soccer picks. So the last time these two te- two squads met in April, it was a four three final. And the last three matches for San Jose, three goals or more have been scored. And the same goes for Houston in their last four matches. So laying the 156 doesn't seem so bad here. Over two and a half earthquakes and dynamo. Well, okay. You know, <laughs> I mean, I got yeah. I have to go with Harry. Love it's his it. birthday. It's his weekend. Yeah. You know, although yep. uh, maybe we should really go against it because he's on his wedding. I mean, the, the most the most That's sacred true. of days in Harry's life. He gave out but, a, a bomb of a pick, which was the Celtics money line in game one. Was it against Milwaukee? I don't know. What yeah, was, minus but, 200 uh, on the money line. They got smoked. Yeah, so I don't know if these uh, landmark occasions work in your favor or not. I do but know the, the soccer brothers... game is on the seventeenth, not the sixteenth. Oh, that's true. Okay, all right. So, all right. So, make sure you end the party early. All right. You know what? I'm going to go over. <laughs> it, this is classic Harry minus one fifty six over two and a half goals. This is a Sunday game. There you go. There's Sharp Tank for you. I Beautiful. love it. I love Beautiful. it. Uh, good luck to everyone. Nice. Hey. Let's do this. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. I mentioned summer school with the parlay kid. Um, you write in, you ask him a question. He's an educator for 30 plus years. And let's see if I got a good, I think I got a good one here. We've had some uh, nice responses to this. Nice. Um, we should have done this. This is Babyface's idea. We should have done this a long time ago. All right, here it is. Um, here we go. Dear Sal, love the pod and looking forward to Draymond Green embarrassing. Uh, Harry in a three-point contest. This is my question for the parlay kid. Now now that Harry is married, he probably is talking about having kids, but given his possible performance-enhancing issues because of all the weed sodas, among other things, would the parlay kid be willing to be a sperm donor for (laughs) Harry's child? (laughs) We know the parlay kid, we know the parlay kid has no problem producing children with, with superior athletic talent. And he's probably the best suited of Harry's acquaintances to do this. No offense to Scott. (laughs) We know boys are strong with the Zicoli genes and we could also get a three, three degenerates and a little lady situation. Thanks again. Love the show. Michael Jensen. New Haven, Connecticut. Nice. What yeah. do you think, Parlay Kid? You would do I'll this. I'll tell you what. Yeah. For Harry, well, look, 
uh, what I, I, I might need another detail. So I just have to be a sperm donor for Harry. Is that it? I think that's just how it works. That's all that, that's right? being that requested of you. Okay. Um, oh, why you think? Oh, you would. Uh, wait, what, what? You'd, you'd be willing to um, uh, consummate the relationship. I would with never Harry's do that wife? to Harry. Oh, I would wouldn't never do, okay. do that to Harry. Harry That's, would like that, by the way. Harry would uh, like well, that. Well, look, what we yes, have. You would, I just, right? <laughs> it, is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would. It's look, so look, true. Can't sure. say no, I'm no, not saying would. you would. I'm not saying you would watch, but you would. You would like that. You'd like it. You'd tell everybody, like, yeah, yeah, Darren, yeah. Yeah. Well, did I, I? I just read an article, uh, or I saw something. I really didn't read it. I got to be honest. With you. It came okay. across something on social media, right? Like I think one of the K Kardashians and uh, uh, Tristan Thompson, right, are having a kid via surrogate. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I guess because you know I I don't know if she's incapable or just can't ruin the body. Mm -hmm. um, right. So for me, if Harry, that would be that. So could I do that? <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, that's the question. That's that's essentially uh, the question say, here. If it, uh, oh man, you know, I would hate to let Harry down. I would. I, know. I mean, I, I would mean, be perfectly. Right. I would be perfectly capable yeah. of of doing this. Obviously, okay. Uh, hot, very high sperm count. Good. Uh, I have. Um, even though I'm older than Harry, uh, I am in. Um, yeah, you know, I'm getting myself into uh, uh, some much better shape. Yeah, uh, so is right. he. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> actually, you're actually not, had a Darren, student a today that Darren, I haven't seen in twenty in a long time. Say, Coach, uh -huh. you look, you look great. You look, uh, D, I, you D. look D. like you're in great shape. D, right. You're a very so, good athlete. You're a very good that athlete. That being said, <laughs> I could not have idea. Harry. Yeah. Uh, Harry's a guy that you could leave your kids with, Sal. Mm -hmm. But could I have Harry raising my own kid? <laughs> Well, There's I don't no know. There's no way. Let's... Harry could not. How could I do uh, If that was, Listen, I would not do I couldn't. You're, you're that's fair. Right? That's, you're not, that's you're not supposed to be fair. asking the questions here, Parley Kid. I feel like you were stumped a little on the first no, question because here I, in summer because school. you know what yeah. it is? I would want, I would always want to help my friends out. Sure. Right? That's, yeah, yeah. I'm very, that's something that, Sal, you're very gracious and I would always. Yeah. If there's something I could help my friends out with. Yeah. Change a tire. And Harry, a few let's bucks, face but Harry's. This is, this, Probably yeah. incapable of having children at this point of his life, but I don't think I could be the. Sp I would say I would have to say no. Harry's uh -huh. actually talked to me about this before. If he I'd has. be willing to yeah. do this, yes, it's something he's has actually he really? talked about to me. Wow, yeah. he actually has said, asked me this question. So this <laughs> is, that is true. And um, so the answer, I know I'll this has been long winded. Do it. This is nice. And this is a great question, but yeah. I could, I could not. It basically, I would just have to raise the kid on my own, so it would make no sense. I see. Right? I see. I would not be able to look at that kid being, that's really my kid. That kid doesn't know it. Right, uh, right, right. Maybe. And then uh, Harry's raising that kid as his own. There's no, I couldn't uh, go right, through what, with that. What do you think I, of this, I Harry? I couldn't go through with that. Well, and funny, Sal, you mentioned change a tire. I raise a kid. I can't even change a tire. I've never changed one in my life. No, of course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I figured no, that no, much. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Harry. Sorry, didn't get that's my a great... didn't get didn't get my driver's license till I was twenty one. Um, so it would be t at this at this stage of my uh, life, Darren. I'd uh, I, you know, very much appreciate your comments, but I would have to say no. <laughs> you're saying you don't have a choice. This has nothing <laughs> to do with Why is Harry you. answering this question? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were, this is not your you're question. You're asking me. I'm just, the only thing you I can mean, say at this point is thank you. You, you well, can't I mean, say I'm not gonna have it. Yeah. Uh, no, but, you know. 
Harry's I'll, sperm count. What do you? Th- I mean, we we're all probably uh, six and diminishing a half. in some cases, but yeah. yeah. What do you think it is? I, mean, I don't even what know. Do, how what you, do you think that is? Between know, um, Darren, great great session of hippity dippity last night. Gross. Oh, <laughs> I hear that shit. Gross. Yeah. Oh Bingo. my gosh. I do want to know. Uh, real Mikey That's meatballs. That's a shirt. We got a market. Hippity dippity. Send it in, Mikey big fella. Shirt. Mikey Meatballs is the uh, son of the parlay kid. And so this is essentially be your brother, Mikey Meatballs. Are you up for this? Are you, are you for or against this whole idea? I, I'm okay with it. It's got to happen. Michael's Mikey Meatballs. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> well, right, I, would have to, I would have to ask, is Angie's family? Brian, have, you'd be an uncle. Well, you'd be an the, uncle all right. Yeah. yeah, I'd be an uncle. But does Angie's family have any athletic ability? If the answer is uh, if the answer is no, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I don't think they do, bro. I'm out. I don't think they. I'm do. out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I want to create a super kid here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah. this would have to yeah. be a super kid. I, I mean, the way, you, the way the way though, uh, maybe they are athletic. The way Angie's brother grabbed um, brother Bry's ass on the yeah. dance floor with such force. I mean, it was a pretty pretty good form. Uh, and Mikey Meatball's sure. hands. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, Babyface, what do you think of this? Is this a satisfactory yeah, answer? It's a great, a great yeah, question. It. I love it. This is this is great. So, so, so just good. to just to recap, someone is asking Parlay Kid if they would see Biscuit for uh, yeah, for yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of course, a biscuit's involved if it's for Harry. Right. Yeah, but I all mean, right. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah. Either way, either way, at least the baby would still have Harry's hairline. So it would, it's not a total loss. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. So there you go, Harry. Harry, here's what I'm going to do for you. I mean, if that isn't a birthday gift enough, knowing that, it, you know, push comes to shove, the parlor kid is there for you sperm wise. I'm going to give you um, 51 $5 bets uh, this weekend. Oh, nice. All right. Oh my you do gosh! That? That's now, so awesome. you have to cut back from your normal like eighty three or eighty four. You, so you only get you really have to ask. Wait, can Harry, can Harry post them all though? Can Harry post all fifty one? <laughs> yeah, I think he can. Let's do it in such a way that you could post it. Harry's more excited about this than the sperm, by the way. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> there you go. Can you do that, Harry? Harry, how long would it take you to post fifty one five dollar bets? So I could do it. Minutes. Yeah, I yeah, know probably. you could do it. Yeah, <laughs> um, soccer galore right. this weekend, boys. All right. Well, there you go. You're welcome. We learned soccer. a lot today. Uh, the great Grand Hill. Thank, thankfully, he wasn't there for that part of the conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> missed Mikey out. Meatballs, Eddie Spaghetti, Babyface Joel Solomon. That does it for another episode of Against the Lots for the Degenerate Trifecta. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na,